Welcome to the worst of the best podcast. You wanted the best. Well, they didn't freaking make it! So here's what you get. From Canada, Ryan and Ruben. All right, welcome to the Worst of the Best podcast. I am your host, Ryan, and with me, as always, for the Worst of the Best podcast is my brother, Ruben. <laughs> Ruben. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> now, I'm very excited about this episode for several reasons. Sure. Number one, why would I not do an episode that we don't want to do? So far, I don't think we've done anything we don't want to do, but some things, of course have provided us more entertainment and joy than other things. So the, the worst one was the Donald Trump one. Yeah. We, thought, we thought it was going to be funny, and then we're like, oh, this is depressing. And it wasn't a political thing. It was just... Yeah, if you want to go back and listen to one of our most yeah, depressing yeah. episodes, the Trump episode was quite depressing. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. Uh, sometimes I'll tell people that the way somebody is with Star Trek, you know, being a Trekkie, I feel that way, that kinship towards the Seinfeld TV show. And oh, oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in a week's time, I'll be seeing Jerry Seinfeld. I did not know that, Ruben. You're seeing Seinfeld in yeah. concert comedy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. Where? I think it's the Queenie third row. How much was that ticket? You work hard. You can you can buy a ticket. How much was the ticket? I can, <laughs> I can Google it. <laughs> I forget. All right, I guess I'm googling it. I forget. But I'm seeing Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> by yourself or no? Taking uh, my wife. Wonderful. Yeah, well, that's yeah. really exciting. You never told me that. I guess we never talk anymore. I, th- I think I got the tickets when you were at sea. You had them not long? Yeah, this isn't like a, a new thing. If you're going to get a good ticket, you got to, you know, right away, right away. Oh, I know. I don't care if he's not funny. He'll be funny. I just want to be in the same room as the person who's provided me more laughter than anybody else. I'm jealous. Not I'm envious. I don't know what the word is. I'm really happy for you, but boy, I wish I, I wish I could go. What's the date? Friday. This Friday? Friday night. Wow. So this episode will be out just before you get there. That's exciting. It's a 9.30 p.m. show. He's playing three nights in Vancouver, uh, three shows, Thursday, and then two shows on Friday. Wow. Pretty wild, Sold out? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, probably, or or close to. So for this episode, we decided we're going to review every single episode of every single season. (laughs) For our first-time listeners... The premise of the show is Ruben and I don't pick that which is the best. We pick that which is the worst from that best. And so when it comes to television, I think this is our first time doing a television series. Yeah, I think so. That's right. But what we've done in the past for, let's say, album sales or ticket sales for a box office, that's how the public has determined what is the best by them showing up. And so that's what we did for Seinfeld is... We didn't pick, we just had to find out which one was what, was the number one watched episode per season, the original air date. So for whatever reason... So out of all those most watched each season, we're going to say which one's the worst most watched that's of, each, right. of so each season. Yeah. I think there's about 10 or 11 episodes because there was a couple ties. But yeah, so for whatever well, reason... There won't be nine episodes because there's nine seasons. No, but I, there was actually a season eight or seven had a tie per million viewers. Oh, I see what you Yeah, mean. it just, yeah, yeah. they just, yeah. The public, for whatever reason, decided on each ep- each season, they just watched more that day. It's weird how that happens, eh? Yeah. 
Now we could have decided and said, why don't we do the most best reviewed episodes? But then that doesn't really count because it's just it's whoever is deciding to write in and review it and give it a rating. Yeah. So I'm going to go with no. For whatever reason, this episode was watched the most that season. So the for the short season, season one, the most watched episode was actually the second episode called The Stakeout. Now, my theory for all sequels is the first one's got to be good enough to have word of mouth, and then there's more in the second. So that's so, probably what happened. So if there's a dip in sales or a dip in audience, it's because the previous one didn't satisfy people. Probably what happened is the first episode came out, people were like, hey, you should check it out. It's kind of funny. And then more people joined the yeah. second one. It wasn't until after season four did they find their footing and find their audience. It took them four years, four seasons to do that. And we know this show is in syndication all over the world. It's been watched millions of times. So the second episode is called The Stakeout on the first season. It aired May 31st, 1990. And the episode was written by Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David and directed by Tom Sharones. The narrative here features Jerry Seinfeld agreeing to attend a birthday party with his ex-girlfriend, Elaine. And during the party, Jerry tries to flirt with another woman but fails to learn anything about her except her place of work. And Jerry is reluctant to ask Elaine for the woman's number because he does not talk to her about other women. Also, Jerry's father, Morty, suggests that he stake out the woman's workplace and pretend to meet her accidentally, which Jerry does. The stakeout is the first episode to feature Jerry's parents. As we know a little bit of history here, it was a different actor playing the dad. Yes, yes, Phil Burns. What I love about this is we already see an early in the, uh, an early storyline that carries all the way to the finale. What does she look like? I don't know. Hard to say. What actress uh, does she remind you of? Lonnie Anderson. <laughs> Lonnie Anderson? What, there's something wrong with Lonnie Anderson? Hey, listen, thanks again for running over here. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah, sure. I was showing a condo on 48th Street. There you go. Besides, you think I want to miss this? <laughs> I'm a little nervous. Yeah, me too. If I see her, what do I say that I'm doing here in the building? Oh, you came to see me. I work in the building. What do you do? I'm an architect. You're an architect? I'm not. I don't see architecture coming from you. I suppose you could be an architect. I never said that I was the architect. Just something else. Right, so she's not even gonna ask. If we see her, which is remote. But what do you want me to say? I just wandered in here? We're having lunch with a friend. He works in the building. What is his name? Bert Harbinson. Bert Harbinson. Bert Harbinson. Right. It sounds made up. Okay. All right. Um, art Core. Art Core. Valet. Core Valet? Yeah, right. What does he do? He's an importer. Just imports, no exports? He's an importer-exporter, okay? Lane <laughs> never call you back? No, I guess she's still mad. I don't understand, you, you, you never talk to her about other women? Never. Wait a second, that's her. On the right. I forgot who I am, who am I? <laughs> You're you, we're having lunch with Art Corvalet. Vandalay. 
Corvallet. Let me be the architect. I can do it. I can do it. Hey, hey, uh... Pamela's birthday party. Didn't I see you there? Jerry. Sure. Hi. Uh, this is George. I'm sorry. Vanessa. Uh, nice to meet you. Ah, uh, Sagan, Bennett, Robbins, Oppenheim, and Taft. That's right. Yeah. What are you doing here? Oh. Uh, we're meeting a friend of ours for lunch. Works here in the building. Yeah, Art Vandelay. Which company? I don't company, know. No. Uh, he's an importer. Importer. And exporter. He's an importer, exporter. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm an architect. It's hilarious. Okay. Vandalay. First of all, <laughs> I love this episode. I like the nuances of, like, I'm not sure nuances is the right word, but just, like, the social thing where it's, like, Jerry not wanting to ask Elaine uh, about this girl because he is the awkwardness. Just to avoid that. I don't know. It's, no, I'm listening. It, it, it's captured. It's, it captures how people are. And so we see here Jerry and George waiting in the lobby to bump, to quote unquote, bump into this girl that he met at the party. And George starts making up his own, <laughs> uh, his own backstory. Yeah, that he's an architect. Yes. For Vandalay Industries. Yes. <laughs> I have, or, I have, or his name is R. Vandalay or something like that. I have a Vandalay uh, t shirt. That's awesome. Yeah. Season two, Rube. Season two, the most watched episode of season two. We should say the numbers, actually. This is amazing. It's crazy these were considered a failure at the time, but the first episode, Ruben, of season one drew in 15 and a half million viewers. That's crazy. Yeah. Today, that is gold that's for TV. A, that's bigger than like the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Yes, that's more popular than the Big Bang Theory. Crazy. And back then, this was like on the cusp of being canceled. Crazy. Season 2, Episode 5, The Apartment, had the most viewers of that season with 24.7 million viewers. Which is so weird that that episode has so many. The week previous was only 13 million. So I guess word of mouth was building. The Apartment is the fifth episode of the second season. In this episode, Jerry gets his ex-girlfriend, Elaine, an apartment above his. But regrets this after realizing it might be uncomfortable living so close together. Meanwhile, Jerry's friend George wears a wedding ring to a party to see what effect this will have on women. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything you want to say about this episode? One of the things I love about this episode is Jerry doesn't want to rent, have Lane renting there. There's going to be a, a deposit that needs to be done. Yep. And uh, Elaine doesn't have the money. And then Kramer comes in. Oh, I love that part. Oh. Yeah. No, uh, someone offered... Harold and Manny 5,000 for the apartment. I'm sure they just as soon give it to you, but you would have to come up with that money. $5,000? I don't have $5,000. I know. How am I going to get $5,000? I have no idea. Hey! My new neighbor! Oh, I'm not moving in. What? They want $5,000 now. So, okay, uh, what, what, what's the problem? I don't have $5,000. Oh, come on, you can come up with $5,000. Jerry, you don't have $5,000 you can lend to her. Come on. Yeah, well, I didn't, I mean, is that something you want to borrow? 
No, that's too much money to borrow. Loan her the money. You can afford it. She doesn't want to borrow the money. Oh, come on. She'll pay you back. What's five grand between friends? Oh, of course I'd pay you back. Yeah. So, what's the problem? Who said there's a problem? Uh, see? He said he'd run me the money. Well, now, Jerry, it might take a while for me to pay you back, you know? Maybe a few years. How do you feel about that? That's uh, okay. He doesn't care. You know, money can sometimes come between friends. Get out of here. Let me think about it. Well, well, what's there to think about? Well, I don't know. I don't know. 5,000? <laughs> Let me just take one more look at it. <laughs> it was all over. Taken care of. Done. Finished. 5,000. Where is she going to get 5,000? She doesn't have 5,000. Clean. She's gone. <laughs> then you come in. Money alone in the 5,000. What do you care? You got 5,000. Give her 5,000. Well, you didn't want her in the building? No, I didn't. Well, then what did you loan her the $5,000 for? <laughs> well, uh, look, uh, maybe she won't take it. I mean, uh, she did say that uh, she was going to think about it. People don't turn down money. It's what separates us from the animals. <sighs> yeah, well, I still don't understand what the problem is having her in the building. Let me explain something to you. You see, you're not normal. You're a great guy. I love you, but you're a pod. I, on the other hand, am a human being. I sometimes feel awkward, uncomfortable, even inhibited in certain situations with the other human beings. You wouldn't understand. Because I'm a pod. And Kramer's like, oh, Jerry's good for it. Because <laughs> Jerry just picked an arbitrary number that somebody else offered 5000 for the apartment. They won't give it to Lena unless she can match it. Great episode, funny stuff. So you watched all the episodes again? Yeah, I did. You enjoyed them? Yeah, I did. So the most watched episode now of season three is episode 21. <laughs> I love the letter. The letter. One of the things I like about the show is, and this is where I'm kind of drawing a blank, there's so many plots going on at the same time. If, you know, if you're watching Cheers, it'd be like, Sam Malone is trying to, you know, chase some girl. And then there's some quips in there, you know. It's not really an in-depth show. But this will have four plots going that somehow they interconnect. And the letter really uh, does that. Yeah, and I would say it's now season three. Things are starting to pick up now in the show where they have literally five storylines going on in a 22-minute period. It's amazing. We should have said, sorry, for the writer for season two episode was Peter Melham. He wrote that episode, okay? For season three... Larry David. Larry David wrote the letter. Love Larry David. This episode had 22.3 million viewers. Really? Yeah. It's amazing. Kramer poses for a portrait to be painted by Jerry's new girlfriend, Nina, played by Catherine Keener. And I love this scene, which an elderly, art-loving couple admire. I sense great vulnerability. A man-child crying out for love, an innocent orphan in the postmodern world. I see a parasite. A sexually depraved miscreant 
who is seeking only to gratify his basest and most immediate urges. <laughs> Ruddy and unattractive, yet I detect a nobility of attitude and unwavering loyalty, much like the Saint Bernard. But with the eyes, he's a creature barely hanging on to existence, like a cockroach clinging to a sewer grate. Struggle is man's struggle. He lifts my spirit. He is a loathsome, offensive brute. Yet I can't look away. And time and space. He sickens me. I love it. Me too. We've made our decision. We want the Kramer. Are we too late? No, uh, no, it's $5,000. <laughs> Maybe have another look. Sure. <laughs> Who would want Kramer in their house all the time? Would you have any idea how we might get in touch with him? You're in luck. I'm one of the few people that knows how to contact him. Wonderful! George feels, of course, obligated to buy something when he accompanies Jerry to Nina's art studio especially when she offers George her father's tickets to the owner's box at Yankee Stadium. George then reluctantly purchased a $500 painting, which he tries to sell it to Jerry for $10 at the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, they go to that baseball game. Yeah, and Elaine won't take off the baseball hat. Season 4, The Outing. The pilot. So, is it? Yeah. Is so, it really? Yeah. So season four, now we're looking at the 30 millions ribbon. Uh, this, is the yeah. first this is the first episode of Seinfeld to reach the 30 million mark. 32.8 million viewers tuned into the season finale of season four called The Pilot. Larry and David. this was written again by Mr. Larry David. This is a great episode. It's a two-parter, but it counts as one episode. It's, a two it's a, our finale. Part one deals with Jerry and George. They get the green light to produce the show Jerry, the pilot of the series based on their nothing lives. I'll tell you why I hated about this episode is how much I could relate to George. Just like, oh, yes. <laughs> yes, George is obsessed with a potentially cancerous white spot on his lip. That, that's a great little subplot there. And yeah, well, yeah, he wanted a biopsy. And by the way, if anyone's listening to our show, I'm cancer. I have no cancer. The test came back negative. That's great. I think we mentioned that one of our episodes. I think it was during the worst of the best. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the cancer episode. The cancer, yeah, yeah. So for our tens and tens of listeners who are waiting on pins and needles for my health response. It's, Do we uh, have tens, you think? I think we have tens. Wow. wow. Uh, part two, the rehearsals begin of, for the pilot. It's great. I love the, the, the Kramers that come in. I know. Kramer himself tries to come in to play himself, but he gets the poops. Which happened in real life, by the way. By him? The character that Kramer yeah. is based upon... Yeah, is real. Is real. He tried to try out for Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he wanted to be in the show, and that's, yeah. and that's what's happened here, is Kramer wants to be in Jerry's show. Oh, sure, yeah. Why, why not? <laughs> Season 5. Season 5 had a tie for the most watched show. The Stall and the Marine Biologist. Spare Square. Spare Square. Excuse me. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> This is, uh, this is kind of embarrassing, but there's no toilet paper over here. Are you talking to me? Yeah, I, I just forgot to check, so if you could spare some. No, I'm sorry. What? 
No, I'm sorry, I can't spare it. You can't spare it? No, there's not enough to spare. Well, well, I don't need much. Just three squares will do it. I'm sorry, I don't have three squares. Now, if you don't mind. Three squares? You can't spare three squares? No, I don't have a square to spare. I can't spare a square. <laughs> well, is it two ply? Because if it's two ply, I'll take one ply. One ply. One puny little ply. I'll take one measly ply. Look, I don't have a square and I don't have a ply. No, 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 don't pull. I beg The stall was episode 12 of season five. In this episode, uh, in a movie theater restroom, Elaine, realizing her stall does not have any toilet paper, asks the woman in the next stall to give her some. The woman refuses, claiming she can't spare a square. At Elaine's continued pleas, the woman storms out and returns to her seat and is revealed as Jerry's girlfriend, Jane. Elaine returns to her seat with her boyfriend, Tony, and the two women vent about the stall incident to their dates. This is the episode also where George is accused of being in love with Tony, Elaine's boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. That's... This is an ongoing kind of like sub-subplot in Seinfeld about George, George is... <laughs> being scared that he's gay. That he, well, that he has inclinations that he might be that way. And, he, <laughs> and how his own friends kind of tease him about it. Rock climbing? <laughs> where do you come off going rock climbing? Rock climbing? You need a boost to climb into your bed. All right. All right. Yeah, what is it with you and Tony? What, what are you, like a sidekick now? Yeah, that's right. I like it. Such a cool guy. Cool guy? What are you, in eighth grade? He's the first cool guy I've ever been friends with in my whole life. You know, it's a different world when you're with a cool guy. He's not afraid of anybody. You hear the way he talks to waitresses. He gets free pie. Hey, hey, nice move today. What? Horning in on my rock climbing trip. It's just supposed to be me and Tony. He asked me. You put him on the spot. You know, I think that you're in love with him. What? <laughs> That's ridiculous. No, no, I don't think so. You love him. Be careful on those rocks tomorrow, buddy. And you're not getting any sandwiches either. <laughs> oh, he's so insecure. A little bit of a dated adult line, phone sex lines. That's a little bit dated nowadays, but uh, that's uh, Kramer's subplot there because he talks to uh, what we think is Jerry's girlfriend on as a night caller on the phone. Oh, hey, how you doing? Hey, hey. Uh, Jane, this is my neighbor Kramer. Oh, hey. Hello, Kramer. Well, hello, Jane. Jerry's told me so much about you, I feel like I know you intimately. Oh, I don't think so. No, we never met. I never talked to you before on the phone. All right, I'll see you later, buddy. Oh, wait, wait, where are you going? Where are you going? Uptown, uh, to the Y. Oh, I'm going uptown, too. You want to split a cab? What about the driver? <laughs> What are you talking about? All right, I changed my mind. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to go now. All right, well, I'll see you later. Nice okay. to meet you. See ya. What's with you? That's her. Who? Erica. She's Erica. Oh, you think she's Erica, the phone sex woman? Jerry, that voice is tattooed on my brain. It's her. I'm telling you, it's her. Oh, you're crazy. Am I? 
Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's impossible. Is it? Or is it so possible that your head is spinning like a top? It can't be. Can it? Or is your entire world just crashing down all around you? Oh, no, that's enough. And she is. Yeah. The Marine Biologist is the next episode. Yeah, so tied for season five was the Marine Biologist, which came... Oh, the, both episodes, by the way, came at 35 million viewers. Incredible. Almost back-to-back. I'm telling you right now, Ruben, the Marine Biologist, in no way, shape, or form, could ever be picked as the worst. Of oh, the yeah, 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 It's yeah, just yeah. impossible. Yeah. It's just impossible. I'm not revealing my pick just yet. I may or may not have talked about it, but I'm telling you right now, spoiler alert, the Marine Biologist, it just makes you laugh every time. <laughs> Save the whale, George. For me. So I started to walk into the water. I won't lie to you, boys. I was terrified. But I pressed on. And as I made my way past the breakers, a strange calm came over me. I, I don't know if it was divine intervention or the kinship of all living things, but I tell you, Jerry, at that moment, I was a marine biologist. George, I've just been reading this thing in the paper. It's unbelievable. I know, I was just telling the story. Well, come on, George, finish the story. The sea was angry that day, my friends. Like an old man trying to send back soup in a deli. I got about 50 feet out and suddenly the great beast appeared before me. I tell you, he was 10 stories high if he was a foot. As if sensing my presence, he let out a great bellow. I said, easy, big fella. And then, as I watched him struggling, I realized that something was obstructing its breathing. From where I was standing, I could see directly into the eye of the great fish. Mammal. Whatever. Hey, what did you do next? Well, then, from out of nowhere, a huge tidal wave lifted me, tossed me like a cork, and I found myself right on top of him, face to face with the blowhole. I, I, I could barely see from the waves crashing down upon me, but I knew something was there. So I reached my hand in, felt around, and pulled out the obstruction. Well, the, the crowd must have gone wild. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, Jerry, they were all over me. It was like Rocky won. <laughs> Diane came up to me, threw her arms around me, kissed me. We both had tears streaming down our faces. I never saw anyone so beautiful. It was at that moment that I decided to tell her that I was not a marine biologist. Wow. What'd she say? Told me to go to hell, and I took the bus home. All right, let's go. It's gold. It's gold, Jerry. Gold. War. What is it good for? We have got you in a very nice hotel. I, I don't know how you like to work, but uh, I can arrange for an office if you like. I work in hotel. Oh, He's better. Away from all your little petty bickerings and interference. You know, Tolstoy used to write in the village square. The faces inspired him. He did not need inspiration. God spoke through his pen. Oh, <laughs> that is so true. Yes. Although, one wonders if War and Peace would have been as highly acclaimed as it was had it been published under its original title, War, What Is It Good For? What? 
young. Mr. Lippman, it was his mistress who insisted that he call Elaine. it war and peace. Elaine. War, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> That's a song. They, they took it from Tolstoy. No. Uh, Elaine. War. It, what is no, it good it's for? It's just our sense of humor. No, it's not. It's, that really is true. What it's is not. that noise? No, it's not. Season six, The Switch. Even more episodes than the previous seasons now, if you can believe it. 36.6 million viewers. And I thought to myself, when I first saw this episode, and I was about 10 minutes into it, or 7 minutes into it, and I was thinking to myself, why would why did this one, for the 11th episode of season 6, why did it have so many viewers? And I remember now why. Why is that? Because it's in this one that Kramer's name is revealed. And this was hyped up uh, for so long. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. was hyped up for so long that in yeah. this episode, we we're going to hear his name. And I was one of those people on January 5th, 1995. Cosmo. Cosmo Kramer. His mom calls him Cosmo. And uh, while I was there, I uh, happened to pick up another juicy little nugget about our friend. Oh, I'm yeah. ready. What? Come on, what is it? I uh, got the first name. <gasps> you found out Kramer's first name? That's right. You ready? Yes, yes, I'm ready. I've been trying to get it out of him for ten years. What is it? What? Cosmo. 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 So what? <laughs> all right, all right, okay. So you know the name now. Huh? The cat is out of the bag. Well, I gotta hand it to you. You did a hell of a job keeping it a secret all these yeah. years. <laughs> it's not such a bad name. Well, you know, all my life I've been running away from that name. That's why I wouldn't tell anybody. But I've been thinking about it. All this time, I'm trying not to be me. I'm afraid to face who I was. But I'm Cosmo, Jerry. I'm Cosmo Kramer. And that's who I'm going to be. From now on, I'm Cosmo. By the way, when George is dating the Nina, the model, and thinks she's bulimic, yeah. is the ultimate thing of not being concerned about her health, but that his money was being wasted. Yes. Well, I heard a noise. <laughs> what noise? You know, uh, blares. <laughs> what blare? From the bathroom. Oh, you think she was uh, refunding? Every time we go out to eat, the minute we're done eating, she's running for the bathroom. So you're concerned? Elaine, of course I'm concerned. I'm paying for those meals. <laughs> In a manner of speaking. Right. Let me digest it. Let me get my money's <laughs> Yeah. Well, he, he said he kind of cares about her. Oh. But he's more... Yeah, he, he... It's just going down the drain, literally. Oh. Season 7. Boy, oh boy, we're already there. The Engagement. And this is the first now of the most watched episodes so far. And in fact, the only... This is the only episode, Ruben, of old Seinfeld for most watched episodes... That's the first episode of the season. We have a couple season finales that are the most watched. No, Ryan, you're wrong. Oh, am I? 37 
No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, geez. I, I apologize. The engagement is, like I was saying, this is now the seventh of nine seasons. And I think it's the only episode of all the episodes most watched of a se- for a season premiere. Isn't that weird? So this is- The dialogue that George and Jerry have about becoming men. Right. In the beginning is so fantastic. Did you ever get the feeling like you had a haircut but you didn't have one? I'm all itchy back here. <sighs> what? What is this? What, what are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives. What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. We come up with all these stupid little reasons to break up with these women. I know. I know. That's what I do. That's what I do. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. (laughs) Why can't I be normal? Yes, me too. I want to be normal. Normal. It would be nice. To care about someone. Yes. Yes. Care. <laughs> so how this starts is George breaks up with a woman after she beats him in a game of chess. And then when he tells Jerry about it amongst, they both real- realize that they have done nothing with their lives and decide they're going to make some changes. <laughs> However, Kramer, one of my most favorite scenes ever, Kramer warns Jerry about marriage. Hey. What? I had a very interesting lunch with George Costanza today. Really? We were talking about our lives, and we both kind of realized we're kids. We're not men. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes, we did. (laughs) Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. (laughs) There isn't? Absolutely not. I mean, what are you thinking about, Jerry? Marriage? Family? Well, They're yeah. prisons! Man-made prisons! You're doing time! You get up in the morning, she's there! You go to sleep at night, she's there! It's like you gotta ask permission to, to, to use the bathroom. Is it alright if I use the bathroom? Really? Yeah, and you can forget about watching TV while you're eating. I can? Oh, yeah! You know why? Because it's dinner time. And you know what you do at dinner? What? You talk about your day. How was your day today? Did you have a good day today or a bad day today? Well, what kind of day was it? Well, I don't know. How about you? How was your day? Oh, it's sad, Jerry. It's a sad state of affairs. I'm glad we had this talk. Oh, you have no idea. How was your day? Did you have a good day today? <laughs> and Jerry decides to remain with his singles lifestyle unbeknownst to George. So George is now going to go off and find himself a, a woman, uh, his ex-girlfriend, Susan. Yeah, and then, of course, hilarity ensues when they're on separate paths, and George is stuck being engaged, and Jerry's happily single. Okay, one of the things, this isn't the episode, but it's the season. One of the things I love about the show... Written by Larry David again. ...is they're there for the jokes. They're not there for the hugging, for the emotional dramedy, just for the jokes. The engagement kind of leads to the invitations, the last uh, episode of the season, where Susan dies. Hello, you there? Yeah, sorry. Okay. Oh, yeah, the engagement's part yeah. is episode one, and well, then episode yeah. 24 is the invitations. Do yeah. you know why the episode was written? Yes. Why? They didn't get along. They did not like her. Yeah, the, the cast didn't like her. Now, nobody knew 
George didn't like, I mean, sorry, Jason Alexander didn't like working with her. It's an indication of trust. We're not supposed to keep secrets from one another. But it seems well, the sure entire Seinfeld cast kept a secret from the actress who played Susan Ross. Lily? No, Susan. No, no, it's Lily. George Costanza's fiance. They didn't like acting with her. Hey, you look like a Lily. We'd like some wedding invitations. Oh, well, congratulations. <sighs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. George Costanza, played Dear by Jason you. Alexander, was never happy about marrying Susan. Now, 17 years after the show went off the air, Alexander revealed to Howard Stern that he couldn't work with her. I couldn't figure out how to play off of her. Her, her You're being instincts, kind. No, her instincts for doing a scene where the comedy was and mine were always... Misfiring. It's hard to tell on screen there was any problem. I don't know, honey. What do you want to get? I want you to get anything you want. Because I love you so much, I want you to be happy. Alexander said in the interview that the actress, Heidi Swedberg, was a wonderful, terrific girl. But after three episodes together, Alexander said he got a call from producer Larry David. Larry calls me up at the beginning of a season and says, Good news, I got a great arc for you this season. You're going to get engaged. I said, Oh, it's great. Who do I get engaged to? He said, Susan. Susan. And right. I went, oh, Great. Who's playing George? Because it was like <laughs> such a disaster. <laughs> and apparently it wasn't just Alexander. He says Julia Louise Dreyfus, who played Elaine, didn't like working with her either. Julia actually said, I know, it's just, don't you want to just kill her? And Larry went, kabang! <laughs> so Larry David decided to kill her off. She's uh, gone. Susan is gone, but not Heidi, who is now a full-time musician in L.A. teaching ukulele classes. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Alexander is apologizing today on social media, saying, Oh, dear God, leave Heidi alone. I'm so mad at myself for retelling this story in any way that would diminish her. How could you not realize? You're stupid. You are a stupid, stupid man. They didn't understand until they had scenes with her. And then they're like, okay, let's write her out. Yeah, that's crazy. Loved it. Season 8, The Money. Another P Peter H Melham written episode. So in this one, Jerry's parents sell the Cadillac to Jack Klompas for 6000 in order to give Jerry some money to help him out. Sissy bounced a check in a previous episode. They, along with Kramer, suggest that Jerry might try a career move. So it's that whole deal about the Cadillac. Uh, it gets driven to a swamp. Kramer and Sarah Silverman are boyfriend and girlfriend. The little subplot there is that Kramer wants to leave after they make love each night because they can't get a good night's sleep with her. <laughs> That's called The Money. That one raked in 37.3 million viewers, 12th episode of season 8. Again, kind of a weird episode to be the most watched when it was, but that's the way it is. I still maintain it's the episode beforehand that gets people talking. Yeah. And the episode beforehand was The Little Jerry. There you go, Ruben. Lastly. Season 9. Season 9. Any guesses to anyone? The la <laughs> Which episode? So, season 9 started off with 37.8 million viewers, okay? Throughout the whole season, had anywhere between 30 to 30, you know, 8 million viewers. The Puerto Rican Day, episode 20, had 30, almost 39 million viewers. Then they did a clip show for two episodes. That had almost 60 million viewers. But the series finale, written by Larry David, 
aired May 14, 1998, almost 20 years ago to this recording. 76.3 million viewers. Amazing. There were some towns during commercial break, they flooded the sewers or something because everybody flushed the toilets at the same time. Oh, during the commercials? Yeah, yeah. The finale is the two-part series finale. It had an initial running time of an hour and 10 minutes, 15 minutes. The fake working title of the show was the tough nut to crack to throw off outsiders about the contents of the episode. This is for the first and final time since season seven, Jerry performs a stand-up comedy routine. And Larry David, co-creator of the series, returned to write the script for the, this episode. And this episode garnered strongly divided responses upon airing and continues to polarize critics and audiences. I loved it. I watched it again literally just today. It's funny how much it speaks to what's going on today because Kramer was recording a mugging. That happens all the time now. I know. On cameras. Oh, yeah, sure. People record beat, people getting beaten up and everything. And maybe back in 1998, it might have seemed insensitive or a little bit crazy. But then I remember, these guys are from New York. It just dawned on me when I watched this. So, yeah. They see beatings and mugging. And that's why Jerry's like, when they're getting mugged, he's like, nah, poor guy. You know, it's kind of like, eh, what are you going to do? He got mugged. We get mugged all the time in New York. Mm-hmm. So to them, it was just a mugging. And they made some fat jokes. Lloyd Batso, out of the car. I'm going to capture this. Give me your wallet, don't you? <laughs> well, there goes the money for the lipo. <laughs> See, the great thing about robbing a fat guy is it's an easy getaway, you know? They can't really chase you. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually doing them a favor. It's less money for them to buy food. <laughs> what you want? Come on, come on, come on! Uh, that's a shame. Officer! He's stealing my car! Officer, I was carjacked. Oh, I was held up at gunpoint. He took my wallet, everything. Come on, let's get something to eat here in Sticksville. All right. Hold it right there. What? You're under arrest. Under arrest? What for? Article 223-7 of the Latham County Penal Code. What? No, no, we didn't do anything. That's exactly right. The law requires you to help or assist anyone in danger as long as it's reasonable to do so. I never heard of that. It's new. It's called the Good Samaritan Law. Let's go. But that was the whole point of this episode. It's funny how people got so upset at them making fun of the overweight man when the whole episode was just about that, meaning they were exposed in the court of law about all the deplorable behavior, the group, Jerry, Elaine, Kramer, and George, for making fun of a fat guy, but then by the own admission of the show, where they were found guilty of deplorable behavior throughout nine seasons of TV, they stole money, I mean, they, they stole uh, bread from an old lady, yeah, they, they shut out a, a soup kitchen, they got, got people uh, deported out of the country, all their antics, this making fun of a fat guy, yeah. was the least... Offensive, quote unquote, quote unquote, and I say offensive with all, like sure, but fans in real life, Ruben, is what I'm getting at. Were were very upset, yeah, yeah, about them making fun of an overweight person. Whereas, what, where was the outcry when they took a loaf of bread from an old lady, or or when they tried to kill a dog, or when they, you name it, yeah. they showed that in the. But again, those even their past crimes were. Anyways, that was where people were so divided. And I liked how they were they were found guilty. Yeah. For their behavior. Will the defendants please rise? And how do you find with respect to the charge of criminal indifference? We find the defendants guilty. I do not know how, 
or under what circumstances the four of you found each other. But your callous indifference and utter disregard for everything that is good and decent has rocked the very foundation upon which our society is built. <laughs> I can think of nothing more fitting than for the four of you to spend a year removed from society. We have antisocial behavior. <laughs> yes, that's what makes The very first episode. I don't know the first episode. What was the first episode again? But the stakeout, the one that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. It starts off with lying. Yeah. So there you go, Ruben. Which most viewed episode of the Seinfeld, Seinfeld series? Okay, to recap, we have the stakeout, the apartment in season two, the letter in season three, the pilot in season four, the stall and the marine biologist for season five, the switch for season six, the engagement for season seven, season eight is the money, and of course season nine is the finale. Which one, if you had to watch these nine again, and you can only pick eight to watch. Which one do you drop off? Which one do you say, I, will, I won't watch it? I'll give you my pick, if you're still thinking. The one that I laughed out loud the least, and maybe checked my iPhone during the most, was the Switch. Because I was watching this thing, why did this one get so many views? Because I was trying to find some sort of... And then it dawned on me, oh, this is the big reveal of Cosmo Kramer. And that whole reveal, and watching it again after all these years, the reveal of his name, is it's very non-eventful. It's only a one-time viewing experience. After you know his name, it becomes very uneventful. And even the cat or the characters, oh, his name is Cosmo, that's crazy. What's his name? It didn't age well. It's probably one of the most least aging well scenarios. Out of all these, that one felt the most aged. I agree with you, Ryan. I've never liked Kramer's mom. Now, how many episodes was she in? Uh, I don't know. Okay. All right, well. I agree, yeah. So, uh, The Switch, you're the worst. You're the worst, The Switch. Of the most viewed episodes of Seinfeld and Seinfeld's first time broadcast. But I'll watch it again. And I'll watch it again, too. And these have been watched millions of times. The syndication views, I wonder what they are at this point. Although, they're making a nice money. Yeah. Well, remember to... Find us on iTunes and find us on our Facebook page, The Worst of the Best Podcast. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter, The Worst of the Best Podcast on Twitter. Just search for that. And if you could just be a deer and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, that would be wonderful. We could really use some sort of like, hey, we're listening and we'd like you type of feedback. Or if you, even if you don't like us, let us know. Remember, Ruben, in front of every silver lining, there's a cloud. And we're here to help you find it. Mm-hmm.